thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. Damien, it's just me and you. Brett is, uh, I think he's way. working out. He's on, work, he's, coming, he's on his way, I think. I think he's doing a seminar at CrossFit. <laughs> I, but you know what, though? I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that he's missing. I'm sure he's going to be disappointed. I mean, I'm sure he's racing. I hope he's driving home safely. But uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be dying that he's missing this particular episode. I'm excited yeah. about this episode. We, we've, been, uh, we've been teeing this up just for the right time. And uh, I, we, it's been such a long time. It's been almost 210 episodes or so ago since... Uh, oh, so, you, so you are doing the introduction? No. I'm just uh, setting you up, like man. You're doing the introduction. I'm, it I'm sounds setting like you you're up. doing the introduction. I'm setting you up. <laughs> Go for it, buddy. Go for it. I Tell everybody it. who we have on, on the show today. Well, LT, a uh, very, very special guest of ours today joining us. And when we first interviewed this very special guest of ours, we were so enamored with her, um, just over the moon. We were just blown away with her knowledge. And in the first time we interviewed her, it ran over time, and we, we made a double episode of it. And you may recall this. It was back in episode nine, uh, number 42 and number 43, like way back. Like we're talking four years ago. That's when Damien had hair. I still had hair. That's right. <laughs> and you had no wrinkles. It was uh, it was amazing. Like that we were so young back then. In fact, uh, we probably had um, we probably we were in different we were different stages of our life. But long story short, this woman has gone on to take over the world of nutrition in Australia. Uh, she's uh, not only. Um, a world leader, an Australian leader in health and nutrition. She's making movies now, documentaries that are blowing people's minds. I was fortunate enough to have a pre-screening of it, and then I attended the Melbourne screening only just a couple of days ago where I saw people's minds be blown. Their eyes were wide open thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And, look, to bring this person back onto our podcast is our honour. And tonight, LT... We are very, very lucky to be joined by the one and the only, the great Cindy Amira. Cindy, welcome back to the Wellness Guys. Oh, thank you, Damien, and thank you, Lawrence. It's an absolute privilege to be on your show, and I can't believe it was only three or four years ago that I was on it last. Wow, that's amazing. Well, Cindy, next time um, I'm going to do the introduction so you don't have too much time to uh, <laughs> to get you on here. Uh, listen, Cindy, um, t- you, obviously Damien just set you up with just a beautiful statement about regards to where you you come from in the last you know four years and uh, i mean you've been doing this for such a long time but the last four years is you've just been massive change and in this year just with this release of this new movie um it's really going i believe is going to blow people's minds away and i'm looking really looking forward to watching this um but tell us you know what what was your inspiration in regards to you know making this movie why did you decide to go into producing a movie oh i i would say it to my husband he um you know, he runs Changing Habits now because I just don't have that time anymore. I'm either out speaking or creating something. So I've become the creative director of Changing Habits and he's become the managing director. And he said, we were, we're having a planning day and we we're talking about, well, what can we do? This was quite a couple of years ago. He says, what can we do to get the information out on an even bigger scale? So we do books and programs and protocols and, you know, we do all of that um, and we do lectures and audio and podcasts. And he said, what can we do? And and his answer to that was said, let's do a documentary. And I said, well, I don't know what we're going to do a documentary on. You know, there's everyone's doing documentaries on food. And 
And then all of a sudden I thought, you know, one of the things that I was having a problem with uh, a couple of years before he came up with this suggestion was weep. So I thought, well, why don't I write the story that I want get get told and the people I want in it and then let's see if these people who were my mentors are interested in being in you know the movie so what I did was I I did a video for it and I gave it to everybody Christmas Eve not this last Christmas but the Christmas before so 18 months ago I gave it to them and within three um, within 24 hours three of the experts that I really wanted said yes we want to be in your documentary so that was I guess I went this is real this is going to happen and then before I knew it within the week everybody that I wanted bar one had said yes and he had actually said no because he was in a some other documentary and he didn't feel that he needed to get to be in mine he he's going to regret that (laughs) he missed out he missed out big time Hey, do, we need, do we need to name and shame? Name and shame. No, you don't oh. need to do that. Hey, no, um, look, look, he's a, his books um, in the documentary. I we we oh, kind of just show his I book. I saw that book there. Yes. Yeah, and Bill, he was the one who Bill. said to me, "No, should have. Yeah. I actually, when I saw that book, I thought, yeah, why isn't he in the movie? Uh, but there's a couple of people that weren't in the movie, but that kind of is great because it opens up the opportunity to have a sequel, Cindy. Um, yeah, it opens up the opportunity to go a second round and involve some other experts like Alessio, for example. So that could be uh, could be good. Could be good. Hey, Cindy, we are now joined um, by the great Dr. Brett Hill. He's joined us, which is great. Hey, Brett. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hey, Brett. So exciting. So exciting. <laughs> we're all, the whole the whole team's back together. Brett, we're just talking to Cindy about um, you know how far it's she's come and and everything that she's been doing. And one of the great things that she's obviously done right now is this movie, What's with Weed. I saw it the other day. It was it was amazing. One of the big stories to come out of it, Cindy, is the glyphosate story. It's a glyphosate issue and uh, the Roundup issue. And a lot of people still struggle to get their head around. Um, you know, could it be permeating our society to the extent that, say, DDT was um, all those many years ago, back in the 50s? You know, it, and it, you and I had spoke off air before saying that this could be the chemical disaster of the 2000s. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, both you and I and many other experts around the world would agree that this is a huge problem. How, how pervasive and how big and bad is this problem with glyphosate? Well, um, we talked to Dr. Stephanie Seneff uh, about this in the in the film, and you know she's been researching glyphosate for many years and how it affects the human body, and even the smallest amounts. But what she she's noticed is that so glyphosate is part of Roundup; it's the um, active ingredient in Round in Roundup, and and what she noted was that. In 1998 and around the year 2000, that the spraying of this chemical increased phenomenally. And she she had noted, because she's a, a computer analyst with a special interest in health, and so what she did was she started to, you know, analyse the data and noticed that as this increase in glyphosate um, was being was being sprayed. There was also an increase in um, childhood diseases such as um, mental diseases such as autism, and as well as gut issues, not only in children but in adults. And so then she started to go, okay, well that's the data. So let's see what is glyphosate actually doing. And glyphosate is an antibiotic to the soil. 
And it's also an antibiotic um, to bacteria and plants, basically, you know, so it it um, it kills the bacteria or it stops the bacteria creating a pathway which then in turn um, stops their pr- producing the weeds. And so when you realise that we are, a lot of bacteria are in us and especially in our gut and they help us make our vitamin K, they help us with vitamin D production, they help us um, in, in our immune systems, digest our food, they, they help in so many ways that she sees that the glyphosate is a train wreck in the body because of what it's doing to the microbiome. But not only that, it um, also binds with minerals and stops minerals being um, available to us. And she also, like she goes on with so many pathways that it seems to be affecting. But the most important pathway that she talked about all the time when we were being, interviewing her was the shikimate pathway and the shikimate pathway is a pathway that the bacteria do in our gut that end up making our neurotransmitters and if you consider that 90% of our neurotransmitters are made in the gut and if our neurotransmitters are not being made then we're going to have problems with our nervous system and this could affect so many parts of our body including skin, our brain um, you know, this anywhere the nervous system is, it's going to be affected. Now, why does it affect somebody who may have um, a skin condition versus someone who may have, uh, you know, like uh, dementia? So it it we don't know why in certain people it affects different parts of the body, but we just know that it affects the nervous system. So, Cindy, when we talk about glyphosate, um, how much does the proliferation of GMO crops come into this as well? Um, Obviously, we know that some of these GMO-modified crops are designed so that you can pretty much spray carte blanche across them without it affecting the crop but wiping out everything else. Is that a contributing factor here? Definitely, because there's more and more genetically modified crops, and they're all called Roundup Ready. So there's Roundup Ready canola, Roundup Ready soya, Roundup Ready corn, Um, There's also BT corn. So BT corn, what it does is it explodes the stomachs of the insects that chew onto the corn. And while it may not explode our stomach, it may, you know, create um, a break in the membrane around the bacteria that we rely on to do many of our processes, which is, you know, the microbiome. So my corn may or may not include exploded insect stomach. (laughs) <laughs> that's not good. That's not good for vegans to think about. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'm thinking Karen right now. I'm thinking, oh, gee, Karen, Karen oh, yeah. losing her mind. She's responsible yeah. for millions of insects dying because she eats only plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And you know, like, and, and glyphosate's just part of it. And you know, because what we talk about in the in the documentary is that there's this. What we've done is we've created this perfect storm of the fact that we can't digest the food because we've destroyed the microbiome. But we've also created um, what we could almost call a bit of a monster food with the wheat in that we've not genetically modified it, but we've hybridized it. And there's, we don't even talk about the clear field wheat um, that is now being um, grown in America. And I believe some is grown in Australia as well. And when you look at the way that's hybridized and the chemical that is used to hybridize that, uh, you wonder what 
that is also doing to our digestive systems, why we can't digest the gluten. Because as I talk about in the film, in the 60s and 70s, no one was having these problems or it's very few people that had these problems. But now we're noticing lots of people having some effect with wheat and gluten, not everybody, but lots more people seem to be affected by wheat. And they and it's not just a gastrointestinal problem. It could be a joint pain. It could be um, autoimmune disease. So we talk about the increase in autoimmune diseases that we're now seeing and how gluten, you know, some of the specialists say, do, do, do we think that gluten and wheat are the main problem? Um, are they the instigator or are they the perpetuator? And some believe they're both and others believe that, you know, they could be one or the other. But they, what they're saying is that in the research is that gluten is often found as a connection as a perpetuator in autoimmune diseases such as thyroid conditions as Hashimoto's or Graves, um, brain conditions such as dementia, um, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, multiple sclerosis and, and, you know, and so on because there's, like I hear so many different numbers with autoimmune diseases at the moment. Is it a 100 plus, is it 200 plus that we've now realized is, is part of that autoimmune disease umbrella? So, Cindy, like you, I know I've heard you speak so many times, and one of the key things you talk about is that, you know, the, the history of wheat. You know, when you talk about when your childhood used to, wheat, you know, used to eat wheat and there was no, no issue about that. Like, where did, where did this all go wrong? When did it start? Well, when, what we talk about is, is several things, and it's almost like there was a cascade of events that started around the 1920s, and, and I look at it that it started with um, cornflakes or breakfast cereals when we started to make shelf-stable foods from grains. And even though cornflakes was first, wheat became the main cereal. So we started to eat these, these grains that weren't even prepared properly, so that was the first thing. Um, and then there was also the added, adding of vitamins and minerals. So they take out the germ and they take out the bran, but then they had to add back nutrients because there were populations that had vitamin B deficiencies or mineral deficiencies. So they they mined land and they put mined minerals in because, you know, we know in cereals that you can crush the cereal, get a magnet and pull the iron out of it. You know, that's not iron that we can absorb. And then the vitamins are being made from um, the petrochemical industry. They're, they're, they're not from plant, they're not from foods. So they started to fortify these foods. And one of, one of the things that they're, they're using at the moment is folic acid to fortify. And I, I went to a conference recently and they were talking about um, some people can't assimilate the folic acid that's being put into our breads, um, but it's put into our wheat and then put into our breads. So if we if we kept going, we there's the hybridization of wheat, there's wheats in everything, wheats in vaccines, wheats in in um, medications, wheat can be in our vitamins and minerals, vitamin C is made of wheat. Um, people Skin don't realize. Pardon? Skin cream. Yeah, skin cream. Moisturizers. Yep. Oh, conditioners, great. shampoos, uh, everything seems to have some sort of wheat extract um, or wheat-based or gluten-based. And, and this was this is another problem is that it's everywhere. And um, one of the experts talks about the fact that last year 11 billion people could have been fed with the wheat that was produced in the Western world. 
11 billion, you know. It's unbelievable. It it is unbelievable and and it's a a very powerful industry and I was on the ABC today in Adelaide in the middle of the wheat district and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of farmers. Yeah, a lot of farmers ringing in and, and, and just one of the farmers said, look, we plant mace. And I said, well, I don't know what mace is because there's many varieties, but is it the dwarf variety? And he said, well, I don't think anybody has the dwarf variety. But Australia started having the dwarf variety, which is the hybridised one that was done by Norman Borlaug back in the 70s for um, feeding hungry countries such as India and Pakistan at the time. But then it was such a successful crop that it got introduced into Australia in the in the 80s. So, uh, you know, not even our farmers are understanding um, their know. new these new strains that are out there and wow. how they're produced and, and, and what they need to put on it. It's phenomenal, isn't it? It's just that's mind-blowing. When you drive around New Zealand... You see all these pioneer farms, and they're just crops of maize, like all over the place. But they've got these pioneer um, signs up saying that this is the seed lot um, that is, is making this particular um, crop of corn, and all of the corn is infertile. Like in other words, you can't get the corn and take a percentage of it and then replant it. You actually have to go back to pioneer and go and buy a whole lot of more seed to grow corn, which just blows my mind as well that's crazy that's where we're heading but cindy it is amazing because recently uh we've we've been talking about gluten and gluten has been the bad guy but really what we're doing here is we're absolutely demonizing wheat like wheat has become uh it's more of a swear word than gluten is even though uh, when we listen to alessio fasano he says that you know the gluten issue could be affecting 80 percent of the population but we're now saying in fact this, this conversation is saying that wheat is affecting, and particularly Australian-grown wheat because of the way in which it is grown, is affecting everybody in the population. Is that what we're saying? Well, a lot of people will, would probably disagree with you there because they're saying, well, I don't have any effects when I eat wheat. But when you start to ask questions and you say, well, do you have aches and pains? Are you on any medications? How's your, you, know, you, you ask them these questions and they go, well, yes and yes. And I say, well, what about if you just went off wheat for six weeks and just see what happens and see if your symptoms improve? And, you know, just like Alicia Fasano believes, um, and so does Lauren Cadane, believes that we should not be eating grain because of basically gluten opens the enteric lining of the gastrointestinal tract, um, which allows foreign proteins or whole proteins to go into the blood system, which then causes immune reaction. But when you look at the fact that we as um, humanity has been eating wheat for probably, well, it's been around for at least 24,000 years that we know of. And when you consider that, that, that humanity may have been eating it for that long and then, you know, the, the paleo community says, well, we couldn't genetically adapt to this, but it's not about us genetically adapting. It's about our microbiome being able to adapt to what we're consuming because that's the greatest adapter of all, not our genes, but our, our microbiome. And when you destroy the microbiome, which is what's been happening and, and what we've been seeing, then you destroy the ability to digest these grains, number one, if we're not preparing the grains also so that we're destroying the anti-nutrients in the preparation of it, 
then that's going to be a problem as well. And and we're not. You know, we're creating these breakfast cereals, we've got pasta, we've got cakes. There's no fermenting or soaking or the old-fashioned grinding of grains. There's not the old sourdoughs being happening. Even the sourdough bread makers at the moment, they've figured out a quick way of doing it. Not all of them. We've got some wonderful ones here on the coast. But I know people who have got a, you know, sourdough that, that you can now buy in a, a premix. <laughs> it's just like, hang on, this isn't what sourdough was meant to be about. This was about us breaking down the proteins that we can't break down ourselves. And so that's why you're seeing this huge increase in the amount of people going to paleo is because they realize that when they go off grain, they feel so much better. And um, as Dr. Stephanie Seneff describes, is with glyphosate and you put in casein, which is the, you know, the protein in dairy, and you put in gluten, which is the protein in wheat, and you've got that and tissue transglutaminase, which is part of the um, enzyme that comes out of a endanger, a, a, sorry, a damaged epithelial lining of the cell of the gut wall, then you've got glyphosate, and she believes that this all binds together, gets into the blood system and becomes the allergen, and that's what she believes is creating this um, huge uh, increase in autoimmune diseases. So when you consider all this, like we're just saying, hey, wheat's bad, let's, let's take it out, but it's not just it's not the wheat that's bad, it's what we've done to it, and it's what we've done to our body, and it's the chemicals that are combining with this in order to, you know, create this um, cascade of events that is, is to me, we got to stop it. We're, you know, and I know there's farmers out there that are going to be just screaming and yelling, but they're the ones that um, we have to be able to show them, well, what do we do? How do we make the changes? So, Cindy, it seems like there's really kind of three problems here. Like one is the changes we've made to the wheat, um, one is um, people's ability to deal with wheat, and it seems that that may, um, you know, that that's different for different people, and depends on different factors. You know, some people may be genetic factors, others, as you said, it might be more lifestyle factors. Um, and then I guess the other one is is all these other chemicals that that are getting introduced as well. So if, if we're looking at those three factors, like. Do you have any idea of which of those is, is causing the most problems, which is the most significant, or is it just a combination of the lot? Well, my, my belief is that, geez, it, you know, that is a really tough question because when you speak to each of the experts, you know, they'll say it's this. Mm. And, and, and so I look at it, I think it's a combination because the hybridised wheat grain came in in the 80s. We were starting to have issues in the 80s, but not the issues we have now. So, yes, the hybridised wheat grain probably started the problem, but then the chemicals that we spray on the wheat and that is still in the wheat may also be a problem. But it may not just be the glyphosate we spray on the wheat because in Australia we actually um, do it as a pre-planting. We destroy all of the... Um, the weeds before we plant the wheat. It's very rarely used as a desiccant um, at the end of the growth cycle and just before harvest, although it will be used but not on all of the wheat in Australia. But what about this 
glyphosate that is also sprayed um, in most council areas on our playgrounds, on our road verges, on our um, mm. sports grounds. So I believe that, yes, the, the wheat has changed. It's harder to digest. We're not preparing it properly. But now we have on top of that this amount of glyphosate that has been sprayed, which is destroying our ability to then digest a very hard grain to digest anyway. Mm. So, so the problem is, is right now, so let's put some to action. Like what, what can we do? Like what can an average person do proactively? Like now that they are aware of this, people are listening to this and going, crap. But what are some of the things that we could start doing for our kids or for ourselves immediately that can be applied, you know, in our daily life? Well, there was um, some a study done just recently, and it was only done on 20 um, women, and they split the women in half, and they did a double-blind crossover study where they used uh, traditional wheat, such as einkorn and emma wheat, and they used the triticum estivum, which is the modern wheat of today. And they not only did symptomatic relief, but they also looked at the inflammatory markers um, through the blood and, and in the Ig markers. Um, the immunoglobulin markers. And what they found was that when they went on the old wheat, the markers came down, the symptoms came down, and the women were able to handle the traditional wheats better than they were able to handle the new wheat. Now, um, you know, this is just a small study, but it's worth looking at that if, let's say, you don't think you have a wheat problem and you would like to continue to eat wheat and you'd like to make your traditional sourdoughs and and make cakes and things like that, then perhaps um, you could use your old-fashioned wheats, such as your emma wheats and your einkorns, and they are available. They're, there's more and more farmers growing this in Australia in an organic manner, so they are available. But if you do think you have a problem with wheat, because every time you eat it, you don't feel good or you've got aches and pains, um, and there is a lot of things that you can look at that it could could be causing this, then the thing is is to to go off it and go off it for at least six weeks because it will take that time for the body to stop reacting and the immune system to start calming down. Um, and, and we've created a program called Six Weeks No Wheat, which will help people who need their, their hand held. You know, like when I went off wheat, which was five years ago, um, I just did it by myself, but I, I had the knowledge I could figure out what I could do and I knew how to cook and, and I knew the recipes and I, I just figured it out myself. But there are some people out there that they're just, all they know is breakfast cereals for, for breakfast, they're crackers at morning tea, they have a sandwich at, at lunchtime, they may have pasta for dinner and maybe a muffin and afternoon tea and they don't know what to how to change. So number one, become informed, and the way they can become informed is that they can go to the website whatswithwheat.com and they can sign up for the free screening of the documentary, which runs from the 24th of June to the 30th of June. So you just um, put your name down, say, yes, I'm interested in watching the free screening. You have seven days to watch it between those dates. Um, you can also go on What's With Wheat and go to the events page and you will find that there are um, uh, theatres that will be showing What's With Wheat. There are private people who have purchased the rights to film What's With Wheat and they want to do community screenings. So you can also um, do it that way and then do forums afterwards. So in my way of thinking, it, it is just about becoming informed, number one. And then number two, 
if you think it is a problem, go off it for six weeks. We don't have tests at the moment, although Alessio Fasano says, um, do, you, do you remember Damien? Was it within the next 12 months he believes he'll have tests for non-celiac gluten sensitivity? Yeah, he said within six to 12 months he should six have something. Six to 12 months, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty exciting because, I mean, the test exciting. will be great. Be yeah. Great. But if if we don't have the tests now and you don't want to wait another year because you've got aches and pains and migraines and not thinking right and brain fatigue and whatever is happening, well, just give it a go. It's you can, you know, it's it's about you monitoring how you feel after eat, not eating it for six weeks. And then what you do is you eat it again if you want to and see if your symptoms come back. Um, but I know for me, um, I don't want to have those symptoms. So I've been off it for five years and uh, I have tried the einkorn, but because I feel so good off it and because I'm you know, it's just become a lifestyle for me. I don't miss it. I don't have gluten-free breads. I don't do that stuff. I just eat um, everything else but devoid of, of even thinking about breads and pastas and, you know, croissants and things porridge, like that. I porridge, just don't eat them. porridge, porridge, porridge. <laughs> porridge is wonderful. Had to get that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I love, your, I love your forage, you know. And, and the thing is, is that... Forage isn't just wheat, isn't you know? It's not about that, you know. Forage is about other grains and other cereals. And I think what we've done is that we've just put wheat into everything. Mm. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just. Well, you know, Cindy, it's 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 such an amazing thing to 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 watch um, just the progression of science and also what we're finding out. You know, we we had a discussion about four years ago, I would say, uh, and you know, a lot has changed in four years. And we're, you know, this is what the wellness guys, uh, you know, up for a chat. What you, you know, you guys do, and all the wellness podcasts uh, on the wellness couch is all about is about informing, uh, you know, the listeners. Um, as much as best as possible the up-to-date information because it you know it changes every month and every year so and uh, so you know i'm looking forward to this movie and uh, guys you got to check it out you guys got to make sure and we, we're really going to do our very best to get this episode out before uh the release of these the, the, the free screening so if you want the free screening please go to the wellnesscouch.com um site and look under this particular episode and find out the exact link uh cindy's already mentioned what, what is the exact link again cindy it's what's with wheat. What's with wheat. Okay, great. Yeah. And make sure you go there and sign up for it because I think it's, it's this is going to be great. And, and look for the screenings, like local screenings. I know that people are screening uh, in Sydney and, and Melbourne and other places as well. So Melbourne, make sure you Brighton, go attend. Brighton. Oh, Damien's screening. Adelaide. 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 Everybody. 25th of July. <laughs> we just locked it in today. There you go. Nice. So we, we're locked in the 9th of August for you, Cindy. So okay. we're getting you everywhere. Yeah. Wonderful. So I think you it's know great. What I think it's really good is the discussion afterwards. Mm. Yes. You know, I think that Always. to watch it by yourself and not be able to ask experts questions is sometimes hard. So I encourage people to go to these screenings and then have and, and there's question time afterwards. And guys, make sure you come to the Wellness Summit. That's, you know, like that's where, you know, you get like-minded people all in one room and you get all these experts and all these speakers and they're available. They're, they're available to chat. You know, we're just not on stage and we actually hang around and, and you guys can actually talk to them outside and it's, it's awesome. So I uh, definitely encourage that. And that's September 10th and 11th in Melbourne. Cindy, thank you so much for your time. And I know you literally just got off a plane and um, from Perth and, and, and just got home. And I thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to be on the podcast but we wanted to get this out there uh in time so uh thanks for taking the time out uh, to be with us today thank you 
guys make sure you like us on facebook keep this conversation going because this is going to big conversation like i said go make sure you go check out the website and definitely check out the screening like us on facebook while you're there share this podcast with your friends families and other strangers and bring them along to any of the screenings that's available and uh, tell them about it because i think it's an important message that we got to get across so subscribe to us on itunes while you're there leave us a five-star rating and leave a comment uh on itunes because that's how damien likes it until next week begin creating wellness into our lives lead by example let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.